0: program is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buchus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: We want to invite your attention on this morning to Exodus chapter 3. We'll begin our reading at verse 9. The word of the Lord reads, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so he said, I will certainly be with you. and This shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, You shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. Would you pray with me for a moment? Father in heaven, we come this day that you might declare a word in this place clearly before your people. Speak a word, God, that might change someone's heart in this place. Speak a word, God, that may draw someone out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Lord, speak a word that we would know we have heard from the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, shall I decrease that you may increase? Shall your word go forward with power and authority uh, through the airways and byways, through radio, through Internet, lord god through whatever means by which someone may hear this word lord let the power of your word encourage a response in the lives of your people shall we not be hearers only but doers also so heavenly father it's my prayer on this day that we might understand and comprehend with the fullness of god's ability that he provides for each and every one of us what it is you have to say to us have your way god as i surrender myself a vessel an instrument in your hand accomplish your will even now in the name of jesus christ i pray the people of God said together, amen and amen. Kettering, we've been on this journey preaching through the series of messages claiming the corridor for Christ. We began our journey in Numbers chapter 33, speaking from the idea claiming the corridor for Christ as a subject matter. We moved from there to part two of the series, Joshua chapter 18, claiming our inherited corridor. and From there, 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1. Conquering the Corridor of Fear. And from there, last week, we were together in the fourth part of this series, speaking from Acts chapter 16, talking about the claiming your community corridor. We learned a few things about community. One, the community happens to be not just where you live, but it may be the area that you move in and flow in, the people that are around you and surround you in any given area or circumstance. But as we were preaching through that Acts chapter 16 passage, we discovered that there may be some consequences to claiming your community. One, we found that you might draw up some demonic opposition. We also discovered that if once you began to claim your community corridor, you might run some, some businesses out of business, and you might make some business owners mad, as we saw there when Paul and Silas were preaching, and they cast a demon out of the young lady who was bringing her master's prophet and they became upset with them and actually took them to the magistrates and had them locked up in prison. And so we saw there that there were trumped up charges. And even so, when you begin to claim your community for Christ, there may be some false accusations that come up against you. There may be some people, again, that get mad at you. There may be some businesses that have to shut down because you begin claiming your community for Christ. But one thing we learned as we looked there, that you have to be committed, amen, to truly claiming your community because there will be all kinds of things that will suggest to you that you need to give up and quit and throw in the towel But once you are completely and thoroughly committed it doesn't matter whether they put you in prison lock you in the inner part of the prison and chain you down to the floor you've committed you're going to go ahead and keep on witnessing even as Paul and Silas were doing in the midst of the prison and even in that text in Acts chapter 16 we saw there at midnight uh, they were singing hymns and giving glory and honor to God here it is finally we learn not only when you're claiming your community for christ are there consequences to claiming your community and you have to be committed to claiming your community but thirdly that there is a contagious power that is emitted once you begin to claim your community when you start claiming your community for christ you'll discover that it's contagious not only did the people in the prison get saved and were there with the apostle paul and silas but also the jailer got saved and in the jailer his whole household got saved, and somewhere in the early mornings of the hour, everybody in his family was being baptized. I'm trying to help some to understand. When you start sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, it's a contagious power. Because once everybody starts getting saved, everybody keeps getting saved. Amen? And so even as we claim our corridors for Christ, I want it to be uncomfortable for those that are around who are unsaved to be unsaved. Amen. If you start sharing the gospel and people around your community start getting saved, those who are unsaved will be uncomfortable being in your community. On this morning, we find ourselves in this passage here in Exodus chapter 3, where a very familiar story takes place. Moses has been exiled from his adopted homeland, if you will, and he is now uh, on the backside of the desert Uh, working the sheep and taking care of the sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro. Now, as he's there on the backside of the desert tending the sheep, and that's an interesting phenomenon even within itself, that he's out there in the desert tending the sheep. But while he's out there, the Bible says that he saw a bush that was burning, but the bush was not consumed. So while the bush was burning, but the bush was not consumed, uh, Moses was drawn to this sight that he saw, and he turned aside, left uh, his attention to the sheep and gave attention to this burning bush and as he gave attention to this burning bush there at Mount Horeb and Mount Horeb being a place that is typically known for being extremely and excessively dry uh, mountain and and yet at the foots of this very dry mountain there are valleys that are very fertile and very flourishing. Uh, here at this point Moses comes to a bush and the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, not an angel, but the angel of the Lord, that is God himself begins to speak out of the mist of the bush. Somebody ought to shout right about there. Uh, here is God, the almighty God talking from the middle of a bush to a A man who's been exiled to the desert, a man who is not tending his own sheep, but tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he's out there and God begins to speak to him. But here is what lets me know that it's not just any old angel, because the word that comes from the voice of the angel of the Lord. Moses, take off those shoes that are on your feet because the very fact that I am here makes the very crown you stand on holy, Moses. Oh, my God. I love this because some folk want to make the mountain holy, but the mountain wasn't holy. It was the presence of God that made everything around it holy. And so when God showed up there on the mountain, on that side of Mount Horeb, uh, it is there that God says, take off your shoes off your feet. See, that couldn't be any old angel because, first of all, no angels will accept worship. But the angel of the Lord realized I am the God almighty. I am worthy of being adored. I am worthy of your adoration and your praise. And so Moses, take those sandals off your feet for the very ground you stand on is holy. Here, the angel of the Lord identifies himself as the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In verse 7, he describes himself. So he's described as Yahweh himself who has been moved to call Moses into action so Moses finds himself in a position that perhaps some of us feel that we're in this morning as we've been preaching through this series of messages. We've been called to move from our place of comfort and to be called into action. And yet it's an action that seems somehow bigger than us. It's an action that seems that we have curiosity. How is it that I'm going to accomplish such an assignment? And here's Moses being given an assignment by God to go and, and speak to Pharaoh, and tell Pharaoh to let the people of God go, but yet it's an assignment that Moses views as too big for him, one that he's incapable of accomplishing. And so, uh, as we look at this text on this morning, we, perhaps standing in a similar position as Moses, I want to talk to you here in the fifth part of this series from the subject matter, uh, the catalyst for claiming the corridor for Christ. How is it Uh, pastor that we are going to all of a sudden start claiming our communities for christ how is it pastor that we're all of a sudden going to start claiming all of our unclaimed inheritances for christ how is it pastor that we're going to change the the surrounding community and the world that we live in how are we going to do all that it's just little old me and so i'm glad you asked that question because i need to point you to the catalyst of what's going to change the community Uh, what's going to allow you and empower you to claim your unclaimed inheritance, what's going to allow you to claim your community. A catalyst is the thing or the person that makes change possible. Y'all need to hear that. Uh, it is the, it's the agent that provokes and drives the action. What is it that's going to drive me? What is it going to provoke me? What is it that's going to accomplish the assignment that God has given me? I need a catalyst. I need something that's going to to go before me. I need something that's going to allow me and empower me to do this thing called claiming my corridor for Christ. As we look uh, here in this text, uh, verse 9 there says, Therefore, uh, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Listen, uh, the oppression that is experienced by the people is now being seen and which is the draw card. It is the mover, the provoker of God in the first place. The oppression experienced by the people. That's what moves God in the first place. God is moved to call Moses into action because of the oppression that's experienced by the people. God says... I have heard the cries of the people. Listen, I know that while you're going through what you're going through, you think that nobody hears your cry. And because you have hidden your face in the pillow, you think that nobody can hear your weeping. And you think because you wait until late at night when the children are asleep and When your spouse is snoring or or they're not paying attention, you think that that's when you can get out your best tears. But, and nobody will be aware of the fact that you're crying. But I stop by to remind us that even as God heard the tears of those that were in Israel, he hears your tears also. Can I help somebody right about here? Not only does he hear the cries of Israel, not only does he hear your cries, but he hears the cries of those who are crying out, God, how do I navigate my way through this messed up world? And how do I live beyond uh, the circumstances that I find myself in as a, as a sinner, uh, as one who's outside the graces of God? Cries are coming up before God and God hears the cries of the people. But not only does he hear the cries, he says, I've seen the oppression wherewith they've been oppressed. I don't know how everybody is this morning. Maybe we got a good crowd here today. Everybody's doing fine, wonderful, highly blessed in favor. We never had a bad day. But guess what? If you ever do have one, the Lord hears your cries and he sees your oppression. He sees the abuses that take place behind closed doors. He he sees the misunderstandings. He sees or has seen, if you will, the disrespect that takes place in the home and and behind closed doors. He he is a God that sees everything. You don't get to slip nothing past Him. He's seen it all. He hears it all. He's seen the oppression wherewith you've been oppressed. for those that may be dealing with some kind of domestic violence scenario, even though you come to church, dress up well, put your makeup on, cover up the scars and the scratches and the bruises of your heart, God knows what's going on behind closed doors. You might be able to fool man, you might be able to go to work and tell folk you ran into a door, but God knows how that happened. God sees how that happened. God hears the cries of those that are in desperate situations that have given over to saying, this is just how it is. That's not how it's supposed to be. I'm trying to help somebody here this morning to understand and hear that the oppressions that are experienced by the people move God to say go get my people. Y'all stay here? He hears their cries. He sees their oppression. God saw and he was moved to engage Moses to go and get my people. He says to Moses in verse number 10 Moses come now therefore I will send you Pharaoh, because what I heard and what I've seen moves me to get my people up out of Egypt. What I've heard and what I've seen moves me to call you, Moses. Come on, Moses. Come now. I'm sending you. Lord, have mercy. Come here, Moses, because what's going on in Egypt I'm not pleased with. What's happening to my people, Moses? I need them to come up out of there. And Moses, so I'm calling you. I'm recruiting you. Moses, uh, the one who's in exile, the one who's been run out of Egypt, the one uh, who was born and floated down the river because your life was in danger. Moses, I'm calling you to go and get my people. So God calls Moses and, and says, Moses, I'm going to send you. As I looked at this text, I said, Lord, where are we in the text? What about us? God sees our need. He sees the needs and the hurts of those who are living in the world that we live in. God knows the hurts and the pains as well as the tears and the oppression wherewith those who don't even know him, who have not come into a personal relationship with him. God knows the oppression wherewith the enemy is oppressing them. And for that reason, God says to the believer, I'm calling you. Come on now, I'm, I'm sending you to them to go get my people out of darkness and bring them into the marvelous light. Y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? God is calling you. He's sending you. He's calling us to go into dark places and bring those that are in darkness into the marvelous light. He says, "Look, I see their oppression. I I see that they cannot save themselves. I I see that there's no way that they can reconcile themselves spiritually to the God that they once were connected to. I see that they cannot." be born again for those Bible study students I see that they cannot be born again in and of themselves they need uh, some help they need a catalyst they need me and so therefore because I love them John three sixteen, I so love them that I'm sending my only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life and he came and he gave and he provided opportunity and, and, and he provided provision that we might be born again now God says I'm sending you born again child of God I'm sending you to go and get my people up out of the darkness and up out of the sinful scenarios that they're living in I'm sending you to go claim those corridors for Christ I'm sending you into the highways the hedges and the byways that you might let them know that Christ is the way truth and the life that nobody can come to the father except they come through the son I'm sending you come on now he says in verse number 10 I will send you to Pharaoh that, you may, that you, you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Listen here to Moses. Because after the oppression is experienced by the people, the inadequacies are expressed by Moses. Moses says in verse number 11, Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? This is the question that many of you have asked and probably are asking right now. Who am I, pastor? I don't even go to Bible study. Who am I, pastor? I've only been saved two years. Who am I that I should go into the world and tell people that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation? Who am I? And, and and, And the inadequacies of Moses begin to rise up because Moses sees the task, and he evaluates the task based on himself. And he says, I'm inadequate for such a task. He immediately begins to highlight his inadequacies. In chapter 14, verse 1, he says, maybe the people won't hear me. They won't listen to me. They're they not going to listen to me. Who am I? They're not going to listen to me. They not, they, who am I that they would even listen? And that's part of the question that we have. People are not going to listen to me. When I walk down the street, not go... Uh, to the grocery store and I see these young men hanging out in front of the store and they got the pants hanging down and they you know smoking and doing talking and all they're not gonna listen to me that's the same kind of answers we give I go into my office and I begin to share the gospel they're not gonna listen to me same kind of answers we give when I'm up in the store and I'm shopping trying to get me a deal and I'm talking to the cashier they're not gonna listen to me when I'm at my favorite restaurant for restaurant week and the, and the, usher, and the, and the servants come to serve me, I, what? They won't listen to me. They own a the job. So we got the same kind of answers because we view our inadequacies to the assignment. We think we're inadequate for the assignment, but I need you to understand you've got a catalyst. Stay here with me. So Moses says, I'm I'm inadequate for this assignment. They won't listen to me. Chapter 4, verse 10, Moses says, not only will they not listen to me, they probably can't hear me because I'm slow of speech. Moses, in essence, says, uh, and, and, and basically what he said is, I got a stuttering problem. And, and so because I stutter, because I don't speak well, because I'm not eloquent, because I can't speak like the pastor, because I can't pray like the deacon, because I can't do like someone else, I've got inadequacies and my inadequacies will hinder me from being effective for the work and the assignment, God, that you're given to me. Let me help you right about here. For everyone who thinks they're inadequate and you think that you can't be used, let me help you. God uses the inadequate to accomplish the greatest assignments that the Bible has ever written down. Any and every one that you read about, all the great stories that you read about in the scripture are based on inadequate people being endowed by an adequate God. Help me, Lord Jesus. And I, I just want you to know, I don't care how inadequate you feel. I don't care how inadequate you are. God looks for inadequate people. When you think you're adequate, you probably are not. When you think you all that. Oh yeah, I got this. This, 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 I got this. This is my groove. I, I can handle it. That's when you're in the flesh, and God can't do what He wants to do. But in your weakness, in your inadequacies, that's when God does His greatest work. Here is Moses, a man who's been kicked out of Egypt because of his previous sin. He killed a man. He's been kicked out. He's a murderer. An exile. He's got a life sentence. Kicked out, and then God goes and get him from the backside of the desert while he's tending somebody else's sheep. And then he says to this stuttering shepherd, "I need you to go and talk to Pharaoh. I need you to go, and I don't. I don't want you to talk to the the lower level folk. No, I want you, stuttering shepherd, go to the the chief man, and I need you to talk to him and tell him to let all." my people go from out of Egypt. Lord, have mercy. And you got to understand that everybody in Egypt was being used as slaves and servants to build up Egypt. So it's not even probable in logical thinking that Pharaoh would let all them f- free labor go. God says, you stuttering Moses, go and Moses, I, they're not going to listen to me. They, 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 I I st- 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 stutter. I'm not eloquent of speech. But then there's an unspoken issue I believe that Moses has in this text as it relates to inadequacies. I believe that Moses has an issue that's similar to some of our issues. Moses has the issue that I've been there already and I tried to do this already.
1: To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Message and data rates may apply. Texting enrolls for recurring text messages.